0: on this planet but i'll tell you a happy new year to all early happy new year the parallel universe of rack and fin radio when a season or seasons open indeed cause for a new year celebration starting september 1st the statewide canada goose season opens going to run through the 30th and also starting september 1st the railbird season mudhens. okay your clapper rails your sores and your virginia rail i just love those mud hens man they are just fun to hunt especially the clappers On the salt marshes and the meadows, as it's pronounced down there in Cape May County. For the Canadas, the daily bag limit is 15. Check it out, man. When when the migratory season opens, it's one bird. Oh, one bird and one bird only. Right now, it's going to be 15. Electronic calls are permitted. Unplugged shotguns, again, no more than seven shells. Hunting hours, half hour before sunrise to half hour after sunset. That half hour after sunset is a critical period. That's when the birds are really on the move. Looking to roost, position yourself. Hope you did some scouting. Birds are flying all over the place. You know they're eating green. They're on the sod fields, etc. You get near water, that last half hour, man, you will surely get shots at birds. Now, for the rail birds, the limit is Sora and Virginia, 25 total or an aggregate. And for Clapper, rails 10. Also coming up, I oh got in what? 12, 13 days. It is the early bow season, the early archery season in select DMZs around the state. Go to NJ – oh, we have a lot in South Jersey open. Go to NJFishandWildlife.com. Click on the hunting link, the deer hunting link, and they will have those all listed. Now, this past week, I was running down all over Cape May County, checking out the bass, checking out the pickle, always looking for new spots. Saw some – whoa, did I see some deer, man? Oh, man, there's a lot of bucks out here in velvet. I made a stop in this little place. Uh, people, I'm, uh, this is a shameless plug. You know me, I'm a foodie, all 300-plus pounds of me. Little place called Tony's, Tony's Roadside Stand or something like that. Route 610 in Petersburg. Little a little, little town Petersburg. I'm intrigued. I saw this stuff called Kathy's Jelly. Again, this is shameless, people. I'm a foodie. I'm giving you a heads up on something great here. And I can't just get the one. I this this beach plum. You got strawberry. You got grape. Is this made locally. Uh-huh. Okay. So, of course, I have to get one jar of each. And I'm going back for more uh, this coming week. I plan to be down to Cape again, doing some more, doing some more scouting and fishing. The beach plum, the peach, the strawberry, the grape—unreal, man! Make your tongue slap your brands out. The best. I mean, after you eat this stuff, you'll give your smuckers to the skunks. <laughs> Trust me on that one, Kathy Joe. It's the only place. Again, the guy said yeah, it's made locally. Okay, coming up in our next segment. Carol Stanko, she is the Bureau Chief, Division of Fish and Wildlife, Bureau of Wildlife Management, with her prospectus on the upcoming early archery season. Man, it is here in a few days. Again, September 11th, going to run until October 1st. The statewide season opens up October 2nd. We're also going to discuss EHD. They had the outbreak, not outbreak, one deer down in Burlington County. And also the measures the division is taking now to further prevent chronic wasting disease from getting into new jersey also coming up jeffrey brust bureau chief bureau of marine fisheries with the new fishing recording device here report your catches to the bureau of marine fisheries it's going to help in the future management of the fisheries themselves okay grab that cup grab that red Bull. be right back rack and fin radio too much going on bring on september
1: download rack and fin radio as a podcast on the wpg talk radio app Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm Sinjata Seku. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station.
0: And a blog post uh, yesterday afternoon, I put out, hey man, what's it going to be now? 16 days from today? 15 days from today? Opening of the early bow season in certain DMZs around the state here in the southern tier counties. We have A load of DMZs are going to be opening up September 11th to October 1st. Statewide bow season opens up October 2nd. Remember, except for the youth hunters, you have to harvest a doe first, a.k.a. antelus, could be a button buck, et cetera. But that is the dealio. So what's the prospectus for the bow season? It's last year. what? Let's see. uh, 2010 2001, we had 19,018 deer killed during fall bow. Another 11,958 permit bow, winter bow, 3,865. So you're talking out of a total harvest, fifty-four thousand nine eighty, round up to, to 55,000. Almost 35,000 were taken with the stick and string or compound and string or wire and string, sights and string, trigger and string, whatever you want to call the archery seasons. Tremendous bow hunting opportunities exist in the state of New Jersey for our size. We have some of the best deer hunting in the mid-Atlantic region. Management is stellar. And we have some little, you know, hiccups here, EHD, preventing chronic wasting disease coming in. To get our prospectus on the upcoming archery season, join us on the Rack and Fin Library's special guest, Carol Stanko. She is the chief of New Jersey's Bureau of Wildlife Management within the Division of Fish and Wildlife. Very gracious to join us today because she is on a schedule, this time of year especially, milk. She is like the road runner, Carol. Thanks for joining us. How you doing? <laughs> My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Todd. I'm I get... excited for the upcoming deer season. <laughs> oh, Carol, I'm excited to have you on, girl. We known each other for many years, Carol. The the bow hunting is nothing short of phenomenal here. Uh, hats off to that, girl. You guys are doing a great job. And you're right. Actually, the last
2: year's total bows took thirty five thousand forty one deer for 64 oh. percent of the total harvest. It goes up a notch every year. So that's saying a lot. You know, shotgun used to be king back in the day. Now it's archery all the mm-hmm. way.
0: Well, Carol, the other thing, too, is and I'm, listen, I'm going to be mentioning this a little later uh, in the show with another guest we have uh, on board. But, Carol, the, the deer hunting, the quality of the deer hunting, bow especially on public lands, is nothing short of phenomenal. I'm, me and a lovely Dee Marie, but we're all over the state. And we're mm-hmm. seeing state parks, state forests county lands, loads upon loads, mega loads of bucks and velvet. You know, from spikes, you know, the shooters, whatever, the, the big rack guys. So, Carol, eh, oh, man, this is going to be a whopper stomper of a season. It's just incredible. It's, it's
2: going to be great. I mean, the pictures, the trail cam pictures I'm seeing on social media are unbelievable, and it's been a great year for deer. I mean, we have a lot of hard and soft mass out there this year, so oh, good. fat mm-hmm. and happy. Yep, they're fat and happy, so It should be growing some nice racks this year. We did have one case so far of EHD. I was just going to mention that. Yeah, -hmm. yeah, that's down in Burlington County in Morristown. Um, But that's the only one we've heard of so far. And to be honest with you, I mean, it comes from biting midges that breed on mud flats of waterways. So Mm -hmm. with all the freaking rain we've been having this year... I can't imagine that there's any mudflats out there. They're all flooded. So I think we dodged the bullet. It's uh, usually worse in drier years. So right. I can deal with one case.
0: Well, Carol, the, the first frost evidently uh, kills everything involved with the midges, correct? That's correct,
2: yeah. So, no, we just have to wait out until that occurs, which is usually sometime in late October.
0: Carol, several several years uh, actually, several years ago. I'm some, again, I'm in different areas of the state. I'm very fortunate, listeners, in that regard. I mean, I've seen some local herds, for lack of a better term, Carol, pretty much wiped out by EHD. Uh, up there along the Passaic River, for example, um, yep. areas like that. Whoa, is it so when you get, what, drought conditions, you still have the mud flats, and that's where the, the midges come from, correct?
2: That's where the midges come from, and that's where the deer go to water. So it's a perfect storm, if you will. Um, But the good thing about it is, yes, it can be devastating, but it's very localized, too. So it'll have localized impacts, but it doesn't really hurt the statewide herd. And, you know, our deer are pretty resilient. They bounce back relatively quickly. So give them a year or two, and we're back to where we were.
0: Yeah, when you have a situation impending, say this is going to be a possibly bad EHD year, and you know the hot spots, can't you guys spray or anything? (laughs) I mean, anything to kill these little bastards before they infect the
2: deer? I know the state sprays for mosquitoes, and I'm not sure if that has an impact on midges or not, but that's uh, when they buy me a plane, talk to me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Carol Stanko, Bureau Chief, Division of Fish and Wildlife, Bureau of Wildlife Management. We're talking about the upcoming deer season. going to be opening up early bow season. September 11th is going to go to October 1st. First deer taken, except for the youth hunters, must be antelous, either a doe, a button buck, etc. Carol, perspective now herd healthy we have good mass crops coming up can you expect an even better harvest than last year on the overall i think so and also because you know we were up over
2: 20 percent last year and that's partially because we have abundant deer but partially because there is more folks taking advantage of it due to um the pandemic so mm-hmm. that part of it was a positive as far as we're concerned more folks are realizing what we've known all along that this is a great resource and it's great to get out there in the woods and enjoy it and so uh we need more folks in uh to carry on our tradition but i really want to you know tell everybody about all the new regulations we have going into the season this year go, go. To try to create chronic wasting disease out of New Jersey, because once it's here, it's here to stay and we do not want it. So if that's good with you, Tom, um, go, will go, go. Get into it. Okay. So yeah, we amended our game code, which is the legal document, um, that controls season lengths and bag limits and all that fun stuff. And we put a lot in to keep CWD out or to, to manage it if it gets here. So, um, one is that, If we find CWD, even if it's 20 miles outside of our border, because we know it's all over Pennsylvania, Mm -hmm. if it's 20 miles from our border, we can institute a disease surveillance area, draw a circle around that index case in Pennsylvania. And that would allow us to do increased surveillance to see if we could get it. Um, It also gives the council the authority to adjust regulations within that disease surveillance area if we wanted to increase bag limits or increase season lengths, Mm -hmm. uh, things like that. So that's pretty cool. Um, We are banning the rehabilitation of deer within a disease surveillance area because we don't want to release them back out there into a disease situation.
0: Oh, excuse me. Excuse Um, me a second. You mean deer affected with seed thought. What do you mean rehabilitated deer? What's that all about? Whoa.
2: Wildlife rehabilitators.
0: Oh, oh, okay. Not I, I thought if you had deer infected with chronic wasting disease. Okay, the wildlife rehabbers. Okay, sorry yeah, about yeah, that. They,
2: yeah, no, it's okay. Brain Thanks freeze, brain freeze
0: for a second. <laughs> sorry,
2: sorry if I was unclear. <laughs> um, we also banned the importation of live deer. We did that by policy back in two thousand two, but now it's on the books. Um, and some of the biggies that are impacting hunters for this year: carcass ban and. Carcass importation ban. So if you're hunting out of state, you cannot bring a whole deer, elk, any kind of cervid, which is deer family, carcass back into the state of New Jersey. Hmm. Um, inconvenient, perhaps. You can find butchers
3: Over there, out for-
2: in the state where you're hunting. You can bone it out in the field. Um, we're not the first to do this, certainly. Our, both of our neighbors, New York and Pennsylvania, already banned this importation of whole carcasses and as of april 19th i haven't updated my files yet but when we had this proposal go through at least 36 states had a partial or ban on a whole ban on carcasses so it's becoming the way of the future um also something that's going to impact hunters this year is a ban on any deer derived hunting lures whether that's urine or tarsal gland extracts, anything that comes from a deer or a member of the cervid family. Because the causative agent in CWD is a misfolded protein called a prion. Nobody knows how many of those little buggers it takes to infect a naive deer. Mm -hmm. And we know that there are prions in urine, and the way that urine is collected in farmed deer they stand on great. So not only is urine collected, but feces and saliva where there's even higher concentration of prions. So it's an unregulated industry. Folks are working on testing to try to be able to test in the field instead of the lab, but we're not there yet. And so out of an abundance of precaution, we recommended and the fishing game council agreed. That we want to take every possible step that we can to keep our deer herd healthy in New Jersey, because, like I said, once it's here, it's here to stay. It persists in the soil for nobody knows how long. Um, we, you know, out in Colorado where it was originally found in penned deer, they had it the pen empty for years and then put deer in it like a decade or so later, and they got sick. So you just Whoa. can't get rid of it. So we are trying to. As, as hard as we can to keep it out. So I know this might be inconvenient um, and any change is painful initially but you know this is for all of us this well, is for the the health of the New Jersey deer herd so well, I appreciate everybody's cooperation.
0: I, I did too Cal I understand it, but just from a, <clears throat> a sheer logistics end how is this going to be enforced? I mean
2: uh, well you just you leave know, it up to on
0: your thing. honor type thing. Like guys, uh, we work with us. Law, you know that
2: law enforcement's out in the field inspecting mm-hmm. people all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, we recommend that if you have urine-based lures or natural lures from deer that you put it in your household trash so it goes to a, um, a lined landfill. That's an acceptable method of disposal. You can use synthetics. You can use lures with urine from other types of animals. Other critters, yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so... Uh, you know, gosh, two years ago, we bought a whole bunch of synthetic lures and handed them out at the state federation meeting just for people to try out. And we got such positive feedback from that. So I, you know, I think they work just as well. Um, and remember this is, we're doing this for you guys (laughs) for our deer. So, uh, it's inconvenient perhaps, and it's a change, but it's for the best.
0: Joining us on the line is Carol Stanko. She is the Bureau Chief, Division of Fish and Wildlife, Bureau of Wildlife Management. topic is the upcoming deer season, prospectus archery deer season in particular. And we're talking C W. Carol, what about uh, non-taxidermied heads? I have a beautiful buck. I have the head. I have the cape. Can I bring that in or no? Good point. No, no,
2: because the nervous system tissue has the highest concentration of prions that we do know. So nothing along the nervous system you can bring in. So no untaxidermied head. So you could bring in boned out meat. You could bring in taxidermied head. You can bring in buglers. You could bring in skulls and skull clap caps that had been cleaned with Clorox.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So you just have to take the precaution and really protect yourselves too. You
0: know, um, one one last question I have to ask you. I know you've, you're, you're slamming here. I get this when I go to meetings and you talk to guys, you know, hunting and girls that that hunt. How do you address this? The division is letting us kill too many effing deer. I mean, you can kill nine. You can kill this. You can kill. They're killing too many deer. That's why we're not seeing the, again, here's the term. We're not seeing the shooters. They're they're wiping out herds, area herds. How do you address that? I I said to one guy, I said, well, do you, are you specializing in, in, in wildlife management and deer in particular? Well, no, but I'm out there in the field. And this guy is. He's, I, I just think that, you know, look at, look at the race. You can kill nine here. Unlimited antlers, unlimited does. I mean, that, that's wiping out the population. I said, the deer herd in Jersey is expanding. How, how do you address that?
2: Um, yeah. So we get that accusation every year. We're killing too many bucks. We're killing too many deer in general. But when you parse it down, when you look at the data to see how many deer are killed per hunter, such a small percentage of hunters take more than three deer. It's opportunity mm-hmm. is what we're giving people. If you want to sit out in the woods for five months at a time <laughs> in New Jersey, you know, that's pretty incredible, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can do that because you have the yep. opportunity to take an additional deer if it walks by you in most zones, not all zones. Um so it's more like opportunity that we're providing. A lot of people don't have the wherewithal, the time, the freezer space, whatever, right. to take more than three deer, and they don't. A very small percentage take more than three deer. And when we looked at bucks, because that was the big thing, where mm-hmm. we allow too many bucks to be taken, like high 80s to low 90% take two deer, two antlered deer, two to three. Mm.
0: Yeah, there's there's some there's some uh I, I use this term losing like, radicals out there that want antler point restrictions pretty much statewide. Yeah, yeah I, I you know <laughs> I'm talking and I said, Really? Yeah, you know, it's, it's all about, it's all about I said, maybe you're missing what deer hunting's all about. You know what I mean? Another thing too, Carol, when remember when Sunday bow hunting was allowed on wildlife management areas and private land? They're gonna wipe it out, they're gonna wipe it out. I said, No, but it's giving you the option of going on a Sunday. If you can't go on a Saturday, somehow it seems to escape people.
2: I tell you what, we could have hunting 24-7, 365 who wouldn't be able to wipe out the deer in New Jersey because <laughs> 80% of New Jersey is in private ownership. And There you go. So there's so much refugia out there for deer, which is why we have some overpopulation issues in a lot of places because we can't get at them. So, yeah, <laughs> I think they're safe.
0: Carol, yes. thanks for joining us at Rackupin. You have a great autumn season. hope to run into you in the field one of these days, young lady. Long time no see. Yeah,
2: well, if they let me out of the house,
0: you know. <laughs> <laughs> you take care, Carol. Thanks much. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, we have a great deer season coming up. Another great deer season coming up. Again, I hear it all the time. Hey, guys you know, and girls, you think that's your opinion. That's fine. It doesn't mean you have to shoot that many deer. And you see how the deer herds expand. I remember as a kid, Zone 36 there in northeastern new jersey you every once in a while you see a deer at the eagle rock reservation or somewhere and you go wow you can, you can deer hunt up there Again, it was 99 i shouldn't say 99.9 percent private land now and you look at the kill for your zone 36 how many deer are killed there again suburban you know community-based deer management's working lot of deer. Never wipe them out, man. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel, Coming back, Rack and Finn Radio.
1: If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401Ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovich. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your your money with Joe Yakovich, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
0: If you're in HR,
1: Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
0: Yeah, back inside Rack and Fin Radio with me, Tom P., weekend of August 28th and 29th. Well, I tell you, people, the fishing has been fluke fishing, anyway, from my end, and from all the people, I, the legions of people I'm talking to. It has been a good to pretty near excellent year for the Flatties. Now, I'm talking all the way up from North Jersey, Central Jersey, South Central Jersey, down to Cape May, even to some people I talk to in the Fortescue area. Again, a little lower, say, Fortescue down to Reeds Beach, getting some nice-sized flounder in Delaware Bay. Now, does that mean all those regs are working? Who knows? All the restrictions are working. Who knows? Maybe uh, all the stars align this year, but this is... Now again, I do informal polls. I say, let me let me run this by people on a ten scale. About six point five. Tommy Pete, this is a great year, man. I mean, we're getting limits, nice size fish, twenty two, twenty three. Now, people, I'm talking inlets, bays, and out front. Another two percent. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, we're this is definitely the best we've seen in a few years. And the normal one percent. Uh, I guess we were talking about a lot of throwbacks, a keeper here and there. Timing is everything. Where you are is everything. But I have to say, this has been this has been one hell of a fluke season. And going by the number of killies, A.K.A. minis, and gulped and spearing and squid ships that are being sold, yeah, man, the Bureau of Marine Fisheries, I tell you, you, guys have hit a home run. Speaking of the Bureau of Marine Fisheries, in an effort to increase usership of NJ's Recreational Saltwater Volunteer Angler Survey. The division, aka the bureau, has developed a mobile device compatible saltwater fishing reporting tool to make it easier than ever for recreational anglers to contribute valuable information and become part. Listen to me, this is the this is the key words here. Become part of the management process. Yeah, get involved here. Report, call, email, do whatever. Join us online right now. Very special guest, longtime friend of Rack and Fin Radio, is Jeffrey Brust. He's the chief of New Jersey's Bureau of Marine Fisheries. We're going to talk about this new saltwater angler reporting tool, how valuable it can be. It can only improve the fisheries. The scientists have more data, better management can be attained. Jeffrey, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us on Rack of Fin, little brother. Morning, Tom. How are you? Thanks for having me. Oh, always great to have you on, Jeff. Before we even get into it, is it me or did this summer pass like light speed or beyond the speed of light? Whoa. I have no idea where it went. I mean, has a family, you guys get out at least, uh, get into the water a little bit? Yeah, yeah, we've been out, we've been around, been to the beaches.
4: We're heading upstate New York, actually, next week, but, yeah, getting out. Upstate. Have, we
0: got the kids home just one more summer, so good to have them around. Upstate New York, Bruce? Yeah. You need a luggage caddy? I just got certified. I pack account <laughs> Well, I do this this is pretty exciting and me I'm very soberly declining I figured this out this new uh, you know the, the management or, or the reporting tool thing this sounds interesting as hell
4: yeah so it's it's um we're hoping we get some good usership it's actually so um, it is a new platform for a survey that we've actually had around since 2008 um, I believe I was even on here handful of years ago talking about the volunteer angler survey, right. which it's, it's a survey that we have. It, it mimics the information that we get from the federal uh, recreational fishing survey. Um, but it was kind of clunky. It was something that you had to, you know, write down your your, your, your fishing uh, data when you're out on the boat. You come home, you got to sit at the computer and enter it on your computer at night. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to do that. I hear so We weren't really getting a lot of usership. What we've made now something that you can fill out on your phone um, while you're fishing. So it's mobile compatible.
0: And, Jeff, you don't have to be fishing just from a boat. Beat, boats, no. jetty, back, bay, tidal rivers. Listeners, everything counts here.
4: Everything counts, yes. Uh, it's not just boat fishing. If you can be out on a headboat, if you're out on the shore, if you're in a kayak, whatever it is, uh, if you're fishing, we'd like to hear about it. Uh, one of the one of the biggest concerns we all hear with the, the the federal survey is, hey, they didn't interview me. I don't believe the data. They didn't interview me. interview right. me. That's not what I saw when I was on the water. Well, here's your chance to tell us what you saw. What wow. was your experience while you were out on the water? The more information we have, the better we can understand the fishery. The better the regulations we can develop so that they Bingo. fit what people mm-hmm.
0: want. Okay, listeners. Now, this new mobile reporting tool uses an interactive platform, allowing anglers to report species they were targeting, the number of fish caught, their size, and how many were kept or released. Again, all important data that fisheries managers use to assess the success of the fishery. Listen, Jeff. From what I'm reading and understand, even if you're unsuccessful, you don't catch any fish, still report. Correct?
4: Correct. Yes. Um, it's absolutely important that we know if you had a great day, great, let us know. If you had a bad day if you got blank we need to know that too um, it's important information a zero is is useful information what we're trying to get here is catch rates not total catch but catch rates. rates okay uh, average catch per per trip um, and if everyone reports only their banner days it's gonna look like everyone had 10 12 15 bag uh, trips right and so, there you go it's gonna look like the catch rate is through the roof and we're gonna have to change our regs reduce our our, our you know our Mm-hmm. bag limit but if we know that there were zeros out there um it's going to help level it out it's going to make it look real more more realistic and um that's what we're looking for we want representative data to know what's actually happening in the fishery
0: Joe's on the rocket line this morning is jeffrey bruss he is the chief of new jersey's bureau of marine fisheries topic is a new a reporting tool. You're out there, for almost like a, a. When I was, oh man, Jeff, was it that many decades ago? And I was with the division on the freshwater end doing creel census. Doing creel survey, <laughs> and they had me in some of the uh, most interesting areas of the state. <laughs> that was kind of crazy back then. Listen again, it's an effort to increase usership of New Jersey's recreational saltwater volunteer angler survey. It's a mobile reporting tool. Again, you're out there. Tar- what species you're targeting? How many you catch? if you didn't catch anything at all, et cetera. But, Jeff, now, realistically, a timeline, when all this data is accrued, is it on a yearly basis, six-month basis, to where it's discussed management possibilities at a meeting? What's the dealio? So, yeah, we've
4: used it um, generally on an annual basis. Uh, what we do is we you know, we we compare it with what we're getting from the MRIP survey, um, but we're also using it to look at regulations that we might not be able to, to develop using the MRIP data. Ah, uh, one thing in particular that we get from this survey uh, is information on discard lengths, and what that does is it helps us look at size limits that are below the current size limit. Mm-hmm. We can't do that with the EMRIP data because they're not getting, they're not collecting uh, right. length information on discarded fish. Mm-hmm. So usually we look at it. We've used it a lot for fluke. We've used it a lot for black sea bass. Um, looking at size limits, looking at seasons that that. Uh, maybe aren't compatible with the data that we're getting from the MRIP uh, reporting.
0: Well, Jeff, a little non-sequitur here. Now, it's sort of, sort of a, a related. That sea bass season has been unreal, brother, <laughs> from the spring to the summer. Now, it's going to be closing. uh to close what, next? Uh, this coming Tuesday, and then it's going to open up in, in October. Jeff, man, the sea bass has been, pun intended here, off the hook. It's been incredible. I'm always glad to hear
4: good stories like that, Tom. The, the fluke, great to hear it. It's been a couple of years since we had a good fluke here. Black sea bass, not surprising. They're 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 like cockroaches out there. They're everywhere. But I'm glad to hear that people are are, um, are being successful with it. Um, always good to hear the the, the positive reports.
0: Okay, Jeff, okay, Jeff. We're up a hard break on this segment now. Uh, again, in closing, listen. This is this is this is news here. This is important. Again. Management, get involved, report your catch, report what you didn't catch, report what your target species were. This all goes, as Jeffrey just said, all goes down the line to future management possibilities. Jeff, I I cannot stress the importance of this enough. Me, go into that again, please.
4: Yeah, so like I said before, one of the biggest concerns we hear from our fishermen about the, the federal survey is, hey, they didn't interview me. Here's your chance to get involved. Uh, we know that the sample size from the federal survey is low. Uh, it makes the the estimates uh, variable. There's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of inconsistency between years. Here's your chance to get involved. Um, you know, I would love to be inundated with data. Uh, if we could get, we have about a a million recreational anglers in New Jersey. The estimate. Wow. Say. If I got, if I got one report from every angler who took a fishing trip, I'd be I'd be in heaven. I wouldn't know what to do with that much data. Um, one trip from every person. If you want to submit more, that would be great. Um, just a reminder, only so there's now three different ways you can submit your data. There's the old computer version. There's the new mobile version. We even have a paper form. Only submit each trip one time. It doesn't matter which platform. you okay. Only submit each trip one time. Um, but submit trips, whether it's A good one, a bad one, it doesn't matter. We'd love to hear about it.
0: Yeah, listen, all these are available on njfishandwildlife.com. Click the saltwater link. The press releases are there. All the information, again, get involved. This is going to improve the fishery, your access to fisheries, limits, whatever, and improve the overall resource down the line. But we are, we're we're the pistons in the engine here, people. We're the ones out there fishing. The managers, the scientists can only go by the data they receive. And what better data received than from the anglers themselves? Jeffrey, thanks for joining us on Rack and Fin Radio. Hey, have a great trip up there in New York. Hope to have you on the line again pretty soon. Uh, let's let's talk some tog coming up, brother. What do you think?
4: It sounds good to me.
0: Jeff, take care. Have a great remainder of the summer. Best of the family. See you soon, man. Thanks very much, Tom. Good take to here. hear from you. Jeffrey Brust, he is the man, the one, the guy. Bureau of Marine Fisheries Chief. Yes, new uh reporting tool. Me, I am sorrily declined. My Dee Marie says, "You know, I bought a smartphone for it." And I say, "Yeah, babe, the dumbest guy going, but it makes it so much easier." Again, even if you get skunked, like "boo, nothing," report it. This any kind of data, positive, negative, it's all important in the future management of the resource. Okay, be right back. Rack and Fin Radio,
1: WPG Talk Radio, ninety-five point five FM and fourteen fifty AM, South Jersey's Talk Station
2: news until nato the pentagon says a drone strike has taken out a member of isis k who is planning attacks on u.s troops in afghanistan we
3: know that this was in retaliation for the deadly suicide attack that killed 13 american service members i'm also told that president biden approved this strike he had earlier after the suicide attack claimed that he would be carrying out revenge he would kill those responsible
2: fox's lucas tomlinson Time's running out for people in New Orleans to get ready for Hurricane Ida. Fox's Evan Brown is there.
5: Most
0: people who live within levee systems are not being forced to evacuate, but they will be made to shut themselves inside starting tonight. Sunday is when conditions will start to get really bad, that wind, that rain, but also that storm surge, which up until it hits the levee, could be 11 feet high.
2: Winds could get over 140 miles an hour. America's listening to Fox News.
1: Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5, AccuWeather forecast for South Jersey. Some sunshine today, followed by clouds, uncomfortably humid. Thunderstorms in the afternoon, high 82. A passing shower early tonight, otherwise cloudy, warm, and humid, low 72. Humid tomorrow with clouds and sun, high 85. Monday, cloudy, warm, and very humid, high 87. I'm AccuWeather's Brian May on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
0: Hey, a big event coming up next week up there at the Pink Wildlife Management Area. That is, I believe, that's, uh, that's uh, yeah, Monmouth County, top end of the Rack and Fin Radio listening area. It's going to be September 3rd through September 5th, put on by the great organization United Bow Hunters of New Jersey. It is a, it is a, if you want to shoot, man, don't forget that earlier segment deer season come up real quickly. What 16 days from today, 15 days from today, the early bow season, and then the regular season statewide. starts October 2nd. Now is the time to shoot. Enjoy. a learn some stuff. You're going to be some great archers there. Great bow hunters there. I think 50, uh, 50 target courses, Mary, mother of God. join us on the line right now is UBNJ president. Good friend of Rock and Fit Radio, Johnny Erndel. Talk about it. John, how you doing little brother? It is almost time to go hunting, bow. It is almost
5: that time, Tom.
0: How you doing? Uh, good, good, good. I you know the, the Canada goose season is coming up September first. Or I love my mud hens and railbirds coming up September first. But I'll tell you, John, that early bow season—it's—it's—it's it's, it, it, it's time. It, I'm all cranked up, man. It's going to be. Hopefully, we have a harvest like we did last year. We had a stunning year last year, bro. Oh, I hope
5: so. I'll tell you, there's a lot of deer around this year.
0: Yeah, I, I mentioned uh, earlier. I'm seeing, and me and the lovely Deemer are seeing a lot. I mean, maybe not rackers or shooters, as the the TV guys say. Shooter, man, that's a shooter. A lot of bucks on public Uh, lands, state uh, forests, state parks. I mean, and they are velvet. I'm just a velvet buck. That's my holy grail for deer. That's a holy grail. But you know, by the time we you get around to it, but John, I mean, on public lands, especially and and lands open to hunting via permit, like county parks and stuff. I mean, we are flooded with whitetails.
5: Oh, yeah, there's a lot of them out there. And you know what? There's quality hunting. Uh, people say, oh, you can't kill nice deer on public lands. Uh, that's not true. If you put the work in, uh, you can find them. They're there.
0: John, I saw some deer. I mentioned the Assinpink Tract. There's a kid who worked at a tackle shop. I believe it was uh, a tackle shop boat rental area down there in Seaside. Uh, yeah, Doc Alfred. I think his name was Scott just a few years ago. He got an eight-pointer, John, on the Assenpink Tract. I saw it when he, you know, came out. I said, "Holy God, this thing was!" I think they aged it a five and a half years old, massive eight pointer. Johnny was three quarters of a mile, I guess, a mile back in those woods. He said, "Tom, yeah. P, you're not going to get him here unless you go there." Meaning, getting getting your ass back in, not setting up a stand, you know, a hundred yards from the road. I mean, this guy was amazing. It's a testament, John, the quality of, of uh, deer hunting we have on public property.
5: Well, two years ago when I killed my 14-pointer, I was uh, probably a quarter mile back in. 14-pointer? that was public land, yep.
0: There you go. How long did you uh, have that deer in your sights, man? follow them Uh, a couple of years or what?
5: (laughs) Yeah, a couple couple of years. So it took me to
0: outfox them. Yeah, I'll tell you. And, John, especially on public land, all deer are cautious and wary. I get that. But especially on public land, it's like they have two sets of eyes and four sets of ears and two sets of noses. Okay, Jay, back to the shoot. Back to the shoot coming up on the September 3rd to, to the 5th. Go into it, please. Uh, it's the Reinhardt
5: R100, the best targets in the world. Uh, we got two 50-target courses. One is the uh, safari course. The other is the North American course. Uh, the targets range from uh, an armadillo all the way up to a full-size giraffe. Whoa. <laughs>
0: Oh man! Now this is how many years have you and Jay been doing
5: this? This is our second year. Uh, we uh, we worked hard to get it here for the first time last year. I remember that uh, right. we had a lot of lot of hoops to get through to pull it off with all the COVID stuff. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, Reinhardt liked what they saw, and uh, they gave it back to us to host it again this year, and we're
0: excited about it. Yeah, maybe they're they're seeing that New Jersey is a powerful bow hunting state.
5: It is. I mean, a, a bow hunting and archery is very strong in New Jersey, and that's why uh, the sportsmen got to stick together because we could turn it around with all this anti stuff if we come out as a big voting block
0: and uh, stand together. Exactly, Listen, Exactly, and don't I don't want to hear this? Oh, my vote doesn't matter. I used to be guilty of that years ago until I saw it was actually happening. Well, John, let's get it. You have some. Uh, facilities around there you have um, numerous uh, motels hotels you have on-site camping print no hookups and you have timberlake campground there and you have what's that indian rock rv camp uh rv and campground there but now let's go into the cost of the target you have one day packages you have weekend packages what's the dealio
5: yeah what you could do it usually takes two days to shoot the 400 targets so what they offer is a two-day pass, or if you can only come out for one day, a one-day pass. And if you pre-register, you save, I believe it's like five to ten dollars off uh, off the pass if you mm-hmm. pre-register. Right. You know.
0: And you also have but, you also have a youth division and you have a cub division. That's great.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You, youth and cub, and how it goes, uh, it, it's a fun shoot. But the way it works is. If you shoot 50 targets and you get 500 points, you get a, a a pin from Reinhardt. Nice. You know, that, that you, uh, you know, you scored that much. So it's, like I said, it's a fun shoot, but they also give uh, everybody a little reward if, you know, they shoot well and have fun. And, uh, we're going to have some vendors. We're hoping to have some of the uh, local archery clubs out, the federation of sportsmen's clubs out. Uh, you know it's going to be a, a great weekend for archery
0: no I was just going to ask you about the vendors listen this is a great opportunity to learn what is happening especially on the on the political scene when it comes to the anti-hunters and, and their backdoor methods how to get trying to get hunting banned statewide John, especially the ubnj the sportsmans club the New jersey outdoor alliance this is all critical
5: oh it's very critical and that's why I, i'm glad you know the the federation's going to have a table and uh, some of the local archery clubs and Hopefully, we can educate the people, like you said before, that their vote does count. You yep. know, mm-hmm. we got to vote together, and and it does count. The only way it doesn't count is if you don't vote.
0: Exactly, well, Johnny. I noticed uh, the event last year, especially, there was a good turnout of women and and youngsters. I mean, kids, uh, boys and girls. It was good to see. Now that that segment of the archery and bow hunting fraternity has to be grown.
5: Oh, it's growing leaps and bounds, especially mm-hmm. the uh, the women sector. Uh, you know, women hunters are uh, that's probably the the biggest growing uh, sector in the hunting community right now is women getting into it. And uh, last year we had tons of families, we had right. tons of women come out, and uh, it's so good to see that everybody's getting out and enjoying the outdoors.
0: John, I saw some shooters there that were young. I mean, young, and I said, "Whoa!" <laughs> They must have been shooting when they were in a cradle or the high chair. These kids were deadly. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean we had some six to eight year olds that were yeah. <laughs> you know hitting the target every time. I mean listeners, zap, zap, zap. I said, whoa, I'm, I was waiting for a Robin Hood. I mean, <laughs> and they were didn't get close. Joyce had a racquet line this morning, August twenty eighth, September. Is John Erndl. He is president of New Jersey Bowhunter. You know, you know. I'm sorry, the United Bowhunters in New Jersey. Talk is the R one hundred the Reinhardt shoot up there at the. Pink Wildlife Management Area, September 3rd through September 5th. That's exit 11 off Route 95, the Town exit. The exact address is 1 Eldridge Road in Allentown. Now, you can pre-register. John, what's the uh, website? How do people get involved with this? Uh, It's uh, r100.org. And you're going to get, if you pre-register, there's still time. You're going to get discounted uh, entry fees, target fees, hope it's going to be a great time. Well, John, another thing that I want to stress about events like this, it really keys up the enthusiasm for the hunting season. Guys that were, and girls that were lackadaisical, you're, you know, yours truly here, when you get around it, like, oh, man, it is, you know, okay, daylight's getting a little shorter. That, okay, we know that. And it, But when you hear those arrows flying or hear those targets getting hit and you're losing a few hours, man, the adrenaline really starts pumping.
5: Oh, it pumps you up. It gets you ready. And, you know, what is great practice. You know, like I said, you come out, it's a fun shoot. Mm-hmm. You don't have to shoot for score. You could shoot and practice your kill shots on everyone so that you're all ready to go.
0: John, for the upcoming season, now, again, we we discussed briefly just, just mentioning, you know, the public land opportunities, private land opportunities. That seems to be a, a sticking point, getting access to private lands. Now, if you're a UBNJ member, doesn't the UBNJ work like, with the community uh, outreach, like bow hunting, things like that?
5: Yeah, we, uh, we, we, uh, work with towns to do, uh, deer management programs and, and towns. Right now we have a few, uh, up north. They're on our website, uh, ubnj.org. Uh, and we also offer with our membership a five million dollar hunting liability policy that you can approach a landowner with. Uh, to make them feel secure if they let you hunt on their land, that they're not going to be liable if anything happens.
0: Listen, by the way, I just received mine from John E. via email. Hey, John, I said, whoo, 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 I got it. <laughs> 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 not going to be causing any problems. Well, John, again, but privately, again, the farmers especially, they, they bitch and moan about, oh, the deer eating all the crops, eating all the crops. And I know there's some farmers that lease lands to the big money clubs and good for them. But, John, what do you think the problem is in granting access to to these private prime, prime deer hunting private lands of farmers? No. Now, we've knocked on doors. No, 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 no. What do you think the problem is, in your opinion?
5: I think the problem is in the past they've granted permission and the people didn't respect that they had a great piece of private land to hunt and maybe left trash, maybe left gates open. Yeah, there you and go. And that, that paints the picture of all hunters like that. So, you know, when they, they threw that group out, they said, you know what? Uh, I'm not giving permission to anybody anymore.
0: And there it goes, listeners. That, uh, the long-term effects of being careless once, you know, going be careless, but not to that degree. That, that impacts everything, John, for years and years and years. Now, we have the problem with development. I mean, John, some areas that we used to hunt as recently as three or four years ago Open land. John, are now townhouses, condos, uh, pad sites. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, I mean,
5: you know what? The money's in real estate. The the market's up. And anybody who has a piece of land that they've been holding on to uh, are getting developments approved, strip malls approved. And that that land's disappearing quick.
0: Okay, John. Okay, yeah, John, we're up against a hard break. Again, the UBNJ listeners, UBNJ.org, United Bow Hunters in New Jersey, doing a yeoman's job protecting the rights of, of hunters, not only bow hunters, but, but hunting in general, trapping in general. John, how do you see this playing out? We got the election coming up. You have a virulent anti-hunter in Murphy. We know that. So again, the, the importance of getting out to vote and getting involved, you know?
5: Yeah, sportsmen got to unite. Uh, they got to get out and vote and, you know, vote for your sport.
0: That's it. You don't vote, don't bitch. You know what I mean? Exactly. This is UBNJ.org. It's going to be R 100 shoot in Robbinsville, September 3rd through September 5th. That's exit 11 off Route 95 to Imlay's Town Exit. The address is 1 Eldridge Road, Allentown, New Jersey, pre-register. It's going to be a great time. John, man, are you going to have enough parking? I know it's a big management area, but the last year's turnout, you're going to be swamped again this year.
5: (laughs) Yeah, we got plenty of parking. So we got plenty of room and, uh, Plenty to do after the day's done shooting, so come on out. Yeah,
0: listen, you have on-site camping, primitive. You have a couple of campgrounds, and you have some hotels and motels, the best western and in town, the Hampton Inns and Suites in Robins, and Robinson. we stay there, the Oakville Motel, Days Inn in East Windsor, and plenty of stuff to do. John, I'll tell you one thing. There is some kick-ass bass fishing and pirco fishing in those three lakes there, Assin Pink Lake, Rising Sun, and Stone Tavern, all on the track, all an easy driving distance. It's a, oh, it's a yeah. great location.
5: Oh, it's perfect location, uh, and that's why we're hoping to to break last year's record of uh, four hundred and ten shooters.
0: Four hundred and ten. Hey, I'm saying seven fifty. Take that to the back. I'm going to call my my man in there in Reno, Louis Two Fingers. I'm going to go with seven fifty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Johnny, you I'll take, take You take care. I'll see you next week, man. All right. See you then. See ya. UBNJ.org. Up against a break. Grab that cup. Grab that rub. We'll be right back to wrap it up. Rack and Finn Radio. August 28th, 29th. Where did that eight turn of the pal- calendar page go, people? It is flying. So what is Talk
5: With a Purpose? It's a lively, informative, number one rated talk show on Saturday morning. Hi, this is John DeMassey. Join me and my guests every Saturday from 9 a.m. till noon for Talk With a Purpose. Heard right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And if you miss it on Saturday, we replay it on Sunday from 5 until 8 p.m. Don't miss Talk With a Purpose, Saturday and Sunday, right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5,
0: South Jersey's talk station. Just For You is now Acme For You. It's everything you love about Just For You with all new deals, rewards, and perks. Download the Acme Markets deals and delivery app to become a free member. Or simply update your existing mobile app to see your all new, all awesome perks today. Get Signature Farms drumsticks, thighs, or legs for only 99 cents per pound in the value pack. And General Mills Cereal, Nature Valley Bars, or Betty Crocker fruit snacks are 99 cents each with digital coupon. Limit six offers. Visit acmemarkets.com slash for you for program details.
1: Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
0: Back for our final segment, Rack and Fin right with me, Tom P., weekend of August 28th and 29th. We have time for a quick fish report. Joining us live on the line is Dave Masterson, Uches Marina 1121, New Jersey Route 109 in Cape May. Dave, what is happening in the Peninsula County, brother? Go.
3: Good morning, Tom. Well, it's kind of a mixed bag again. Uh, there's some uh, Spanish mackerel in close. Uh, there's even been um, some King mackerel caught you know, the inshore lumps, um, mahi, uh, had a, <laughs> had a boater tell me, uh, they had mahi, um, in the Cape May, uh, Cape May reef, uh, so just yesterday. Um, so the mahi are coming in tight. Um, there's, uh, still plenty of flounder. Obviously guys are catching a lot of flounder. Um, some pog been caught as well. So there's kind of a mixed bag, a lot of triggers, a lot of triggers on uh, both the Wildwood and the Cape May Reef.
0: Dave, are those trigger fish the most delicious things? My God.
3: Oh <laughs> uh, Yeah, they're awesome. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, good stuff. Uh, also been some sheep's head around the uh, Inlet Jetty as well Ooh. as um, Ooh. the Ooh. bridges. So, uh,
0: Dave, yeah. what, uh, what bait are the uh, sheep's head chomping? Green crabs, what?
3: Yeah, for sheep's head, you got to have live crab. Okay. Um, you know, that's the key. Got to have live crab.
0: Mhm. So, Dave, hear anything on bass in the back?
3: Yeah, there's still a lot of resident bass up along the side banks. You know, key is high tide. Um, you know, the last of the, uh, the incoming tide and a little bit of the outgoing tide you know, seems to be the best time. Um, especially early evening. If you can get there early evening or early morning before boat traffic, um, you know, that's also a good time to catch them and there's been some bigger bass along the uh, the jetties nice and uh along the beach so has yeah, been you still been hearing a good hearing,
0: hearing anything about uh, cuz the season closes the 31st it's this coming tuesday hearing anything on on a uh, keeper sea bass still around the reefs rocks and wrecks
3: yeah there's um you know obviously there's a lot of small sea bass mm-hmm. you know being caught um you know just sometimes they cover the wreck and you know, you can't get your Get your bait down to the flounder. But um, uh, there's been some big ones mixed in. Nice.
0: Dave, uh, full disclosure here. Okay, listen, this is me. I, oh Yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna do this. I was down Cape Mayway uh, in the county earlier in the week. It's was going to stop down. Surprise, I got sidetracked. Sorry, man. Okay. I'm chasing bass, chasing pickerel. You know, I'm looking all over the place. This coming week, Dave, let's get together, man. I'm no, serious. Okay. There's some fishing. Let's, let's have lunch or something. But let me yeah, tell you I'm something. Down. Dave. I have um, I heard some very positive things. Local guys talk to them. They have no reason to BS me. The Wildwood Reef, and also uh, I guess the area around Reef Site Eleven, some pretty big flounder getting caught. You hear anything like that?
3: Yes, absolutely. Um, um, there you know you go. Wildwood, there you reef, go. Wildwood Reef. Wildwood Reef seems to be producing bigger fish than mm-hmm. the Cape May Reef. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's exactly what. A lot, exactly a lot what of small ones. Mm-hmm. A lot of small ones on both reefs, but. Wildwood seems to be producing bigger ones. And there you go. Of course, uh, Reefside 11 is always good.
0: Man, listen, uh, you lose a lot of weight. You lose a lot of stuff, but it's uh, that's worth it. Dave, God spares. We'll see you this week. You take care, man.
3: Oh, thank you, Tom. You too. Have a great weekend.
0: You too, man. Dave Masterson. He rocks. i do it for this week on Rack and Fin Radio. Get out and enjoy. Got some good weather coming up. Plenty of fish ever. Remember, Seabass does close the 31st and on Wednesday the 1st. Again, Happy New Year. September Canada Goose season opens and Mud Hens, my Mud Hens, that season opens as well. God bless America. God bless our truth. Please, all the people in Afghanistan. Oh, Mary, Mother of God, and law enforcement and first responders. See you next week. Rack and Fin Radio.
1: 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media.